This is the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. I definitely had people come to me and they're like, hey, like we're willing to spend 20K and I'm looking at them like, okay, I'm glad you're willing to, but like, there's no need to. Like we need to bring you down to like maybe for your space. Cause what they're doing is they're thinking they've got a, a good space. So if they dump more money into it, that's what's going to be better. Money doesn't make experiences. Choices make experiences. You're listening to the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast, where we discuss tangible tips, tricks, and best practices for becoming financially free. The show is designed for people who want to either start real estate investing or for those who want to scale their real estate business. What's up, guys? This is Jonathan Farber, host of the Millennial Millionaire Through Real Estate Podcast. This show is all about achieving financial freedom as fast as possible so you can do whatever makes you happy in life. For me, that vehicle was real estate, and it's how I achieved financial freedom at 27. If you want to know how I got started, my journey is presented in a YouTube video posted in the show notes, and I post daily in our private Facebook group about my favorite topics and day-to-day -day strategies. I appreciate you guys being here, and let's get started. Oh, by the way, reach out if you ever need help. I try to keep my calendar open to talk to anyone that needs it or has any quick questions. See you guys. Guys, talk to you later. What's going on, guys? Today, we have an awesome episode with Jenny Yi. Jenny is someone you may and probably know if you're on Bigger Pockets or Facebook. She has one of the most active accounts or profiles that post to both places, all things furniture, Airbnb, and contractor-related build-outs. And what I mean by that specifically is if you do not know how to stand up an Airbnb property or furnish a property or get help with a contractor, she's kind of like the doctor. And you can bring her in. She does projects for the lowest budgets that I have seen on any Airbnb build-out platform or furnishing staging company. And I was just really impressed. That's why we got her on the show. I was so impressed that actually um, I reached out to her for one of the projects that we had in North Carolina and the hype was real. She came in and with like no notice, she found all this furniture that was significantly less than all the stuff we were looking at. She gave all these great design tips, ways to lay out the rooms, ways to basically have better lighting, better pictures, just like a better layout than I would have been able to ever do on my own. And it was a fraction of the price than what she was offering for other people. Um, so anyway, we dig into all things kind of like Airbnb furnishing, decoration, lighting, um, how you can get started improving the process for yourself how she goes about improving like um, sourcing materials or finding materials and furniture in a faster time. A lot of you guys know that right now there's a big backup on furniture and uh, we go through that. So the main learning I had from the show was <clears throat> she has a crazy process, a crazy good process for Facebook marketplace and gathering up all the items that she finds throughout the weeks leading up to a standup. And it's just way more effective uh, than anything that I would have been doing or have been doing. And it's a huge money savings, like end time savings. When you really think about it, we go through like a typical process of furnishing an Airbnb from start to finish. And the way that she explained it, like at first I thought it would have taken a lot more time than a normal process or quote unquote normal process, but actually the way she does it, it's much faster and saves money than a normal process. And she kind of goes through that of her process of finding and vetting sellers on Facebook marketplace. Today's tangible tip 
She talked about it a lot. I've, I've tried to do this in all of my properties is to have a theme in your Airbnbs or your furnished rental property. There's a lot more competition now. It's still an amazing way to make money. But if you want to stand out, having a theme is great for two reasons. One, it can really make your listing pop. And two, it can really help with streamlining the furniture that you're going to buy. If you don't have a theme, anything could work in your property. But if you have a theme, you're looking for stuff that's a lot more specific. You can go on Pinterest, you can go on Instagram and look up different designs and figure out which one's going to fit best for your property. So she kind of reinforced that, but it's something that I really see for people that are also starting with Airbnb that they could get a lot of um, improvement and time savings in their like sourcing process of having a theme for their properties. So I highly recommend it. Have an avatar guest for your property in mind when you're building it out. And the theme is really going to help. So that's today's tangible tip. Without any further ado, seriously, awesome episode today with Jenny Yi. All right, Jenny, what's going on? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Excited to have you on. We got to catch up when I was in uh, North Carolina a little bit, but didn't really get to deep dive. And I've been seeing your projects all over Facebook and all over bigger pockets. And every time I'm like, one, we need to get her on. And two, it's impressive to see what you do decoration and furnishing wise on the budgets that you do them. They come out looking so amazing. So anyway, Jenny, would you mind uh, if people haven't been checking you out on Facebook or bigger pockets, um, giving a backstory on who you are and what I'm even talking about? Sure. Uh, I'm Jenny. So I have a team, we call ourselves Life and Flip, and we basically product source design and set up short-term rentals and hotel conversions for investors all over the country. Mm. So it's, it's, it's a big grand adventure. Yes. It looks like it. Cause you're traveling as much as me, if not more, <laughs> especially in the U S so you're, so you're all over the yeah. place. Um, yeah. Usually though, you know, I, I, we kind of jumped in and, and didn't even like ask the question, but how did you start with it? How did you, how did you get into that world? Because now you're all over the place. It seems like you have more projects than you could probably take on, but I wonder if it happened that way at the beginning or, uh, it took a little upfront build. It, <laughs> it's funny because whenever I get asked this question, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. Uh, I, I wish that I was like smart enough to say, hey, I predicted that this was going to be like a niche from the get go. And I could do, I did A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and this is how I got here. No, no, I'm not that smart in any way, shape or form. It was just a, uh, I got really lucky. Mm. Like if I'm being completely honest, I just got really lucky. I had a flipping background. Um, and then it, I turned my long terms into short terms. And then I had friends who had short terms and they were like, okay, like it's not an actual flip, but I could really use help with the space. I don't know what I'm doing. And I was like, sure, why not? And then from there, it just turned into like someone else needing help and then someone else needing help. And then that turned into like, okay, like I'll take on more. And then that turned into, okay, like I can't do this by myself. And cause I was wandering around just by myself for a hot minute. And then uh, <laughs> I was like, this is not, I mean, it's fun and all, but it could be significantly easier if it's not just me. Right. And that turned into this. So, okay. How did it, how did it go though, from like you working on flips to then working on yeah. designing people's properties? Like, did you have a design background or did you just realize you liked doing it or did you realize you were just good at doing it? 
Um, so no formal design training whatsoever. Um, it was just something I always had a knack for it. So I grew up a military brat and by default, we moved around everywhere. So like one of the things that my mom always did whenever we moved to a new place was like, she set up home immediately. So like mm. the idea of like shopping and thrifting and, and local places and setting up a really comfy place, like a, a, a an anchor was completely her. So like that was my mom. So I think I just pulled that from her in general. And then I've always had an, an, an eye for it. Honestly, it's just one of those things. If you, you don't really know that like is an actual talent talent until you start apply it like outside of your own personal life. Cause like my home was always comfy and fine. <laughs> and that's why it was like, um, when I started flipping, I, re I, I remember specifically when I had investors approach me cause I, I'd done a couple flips and they're like, Hey, we want to invest with you. And I remember thinking to myself, like you, like, really I'm sure about that. Like, like I'll flip for myself and it's fine. Like I'm comfortable because it's my own risk at that point in time. But investors were like, no, you have an eye for what you're doing. So I wasn't doing stereotypical lipstick flips. Mm. I was going in and really trying to create a functional space in the flips that I was doing. And that, uh, that just turned into this because when you when you try to make a place functional and pretty like whether it's a flip whether it's an str it, it's it, honestly home is about a feeling mm. gotcha so when it started to pick up did it start with short-term rentals and furnishing places or was it like design i guess help of just picking things out for like finishes and paint or, or from the beginning, did you start getting like more into the world of Airbnb and then seeing that was where the opportunity was? Yeah. So I I'll say the very first, if I'm thinking about it, the very first STR that I did, the, it was a reno. So they, mm -hmm. it was an old house and they're like, Hey, this is what we want to do with it. We want to turn it into an Airbnb, but like, it's really ugly. So can you help us make it pretty? So mm. it was setting it up and making it look pretty. And then from there, that's when I also learned about the, like Airbnb is just more than making something look pretty. Like, yes, you can, but it's, it's more than a flip. It's more than making a house pretty for sale. It's more than fixing a house for appraisal. Like it's, it's completely different from all those elements. So that's kind of where my first big, like, all right, this is an actual reno for the purpose. Like how do I, what makes one good? And that's, mm. I did a deep dive, but it, it always went back to the feeling. Cause I remember it was a, it was a, a cottage on a river. And I remember from the get go, like we need to reflect the space. Like if you're going to compete with one other people here that are doing the same thing but two people are coming and they're going to choose yours for they're wanting something very specific they're wanting a tranquil atmosphere they're choosing mm. by the river for a reason so that element of reflecting the area that you're in came in very early on and lo and behold that's one of the ways that strs are vastly different than any other type of real estate investment so it just kind of built from there and then from that point the next one was a, neither one of my first ones involved like the stocking process. Okay. So I can make an Airbnb look pretty. I can make it right, but I can, can make it function right. And from there it turned into like the whole stocking as well. So 
it was kind of, it, it definitely was a transition. It wasn't like a, from the get go, knowing what I was doing in any way. Got it. And, and at this point now, are people bringing you in to do the entire like build out of the Airbnb or what are yeah. you doing, doing most of? Well, both. So it's, it, it's funny because for a, a hot minute, wasn't doing anything involving reno. It was just literally mm. like going on site. We've got a budget. We've got our, our basics. Um, we're sourcing, we're setting up, we're making it turnkey. And then it is now once words gotten out that we can do one. So we did one and now it's now, I would say in a very short amount, I'm laughing because I was just scheduling out my schedule last night, as a matter of fact, and having this whole internal debate about half my clients were our, our reno projects first before we can even come in and stage or set up or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay. Is this yeah. one get you more excited than, than the other? Or is there like more opportunity right now for one than the other? That's a hard question. Or which makes they you more money? <laughs> or are they the same? Yes. Yes. I mean, the the rental parts definitely is that it's, it's more because the budgets are higher when it comes to rentals. Um, uh -huh. So it's, it, but they are more time consuming. Um, I like them for, they get, I get a different high from each one basically because i do love the idea of the reno piece because i <laughs> i love making a space functional love making a space functional so i have to go in and be like all right <laughs> i had this distinct feeling that uh <laughs> there's a little bit more work underneath the surface than the pictures have been shown to us <laughs> mm. so that's like one of its own kind of projects so like you get it in my mind i'm thinking to myself all right how much is of my pretty budget is going to be wasted by like making this house substantial. And I don't like wasting my pretty budget, but like, then we're back in flip mode. Like you have to, the house has to work mm. <laughs> before. So I, it's just different. If, if I mix the two, then I get, I like get my even high. I get my high all the time <laughs> across the board <laughs> because the other ones like with less reno, they're their own challenge in a different way. Cause I'm working within budgets. So that's its own puzzle piece. So that's its own like figuring things out, but it's an immediate, it's more of immediate, like, okay, this is set up. This is pretty, this is working. I like the space. I like who we've met. I like the story. And it's when it comes to setup, like we're in and out in four days. So like, mm. it's a very immediate turnaround and that's super satisfying. Whereas yeah. these rental projects, the satisfaction is a little bit more delayed, but the end result is more transformative. So Gotcha. Maybe that's why I hate flips because I'm so impatient, like especially <laughs> now after looking at what you can do with furnishing a rental that's in pretty good condition or even like comparing that to wholesaling properties, like flipping to yeah. me just takes so long and so many things can go wrong and you're dealing with all yeah. these people and like you have to be there. It's just, I, I to me, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. So it's interesting to hear how you kind of compare the two. It sounds like you definitely get something from the transformation. For me, I'm not getting a whole lot of it. So I decided it's just not necessarily my interest, but it's interesting how you can like weigh both. One thing you mentioned there a couple of times was budget. So mm -hmm. a lot of people in my community, a lot of people that I think are getting into Airbnb are torn when it comes to furnishing and hiring an interior designer or decorator. 
And they're debating between doing it themselves or hiring a team or an interior designer or someone to help them with the furnishing. But what I've seen is that this can be really expensive and not to say that good people don't have a value, but I've just seen it, you know, surprise me in some cases with how expensive it is. But something with all of your, I would say like not all, but a majority of the posts that you've put on social media about furnishing properties or doing renovations, the budgets have been incredibly low. So I would love to dig into that of one, like if that was how you kind of started with like your brand of like, okay, we're going to do this on, on a lower budget or did it just start happening? Because when I, just when you compare, and for those, no, no, when you compare basically Jenny's budgets on some of these build outs to what a designer or a staging company might quote you, it could be five times more expensive and it doesn't look any better than Jenny's. So it really caught my eye. And I think that's why you've, you've really grown so much and social media has kind of blown up, but like, was that part of your like goal at the beginning or did that just start happening? Like how, how did that start happening? Like doing these amazing build outs on such a low budget? Yeah, it was the goal from the get go. So one of the things that was, (laughs) I should, I should, First, I'll go, I'll go way, way back. Um, so my mom's side of the family is Korean. So like growing up, we never bought anything new. Like mm. that's just not what we did. So like I grew up with the mentality and even to this day, like it takes a lot for me to like spoil myself or to it, it's like, that's, I just, I'm a thrifty shopper. It, it's it's a it's like it's like a win for me if I can find something like with the most savings it's like oh yeah it's my day so that naturally translated to when I was flipping and I was able to do entire flips and we're talking like knocking down walls and stuff and granted it was in North Carolina so you're at a slightly cheaper budget but we were only pulling in like all in complete flips for like 28k and the reason being is because I was able to, it was all about sourcing the entire house, all the tile. I'm talking, we did walk-in shower, tile, bathroom, kitchen, all the tile for the house was like 300 bucks because he was just trying to offload. He had this massive amount of tile that he just bought that came on a Lowe's truck because when they purchase them, they don't know what's on there. So, and he just needs to offload it. So like, I, so that just easily translated into what I do. Cause I, I, one of the things I was noticing, I was like, there's no reason to be spending your whole purpose for setting up an STR is so that you have income. So that you have profitability, so that you have cash flow, and you don't want to get so much in debt that your point of return for getting something is two, three, four years out the road when it could have been a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what you're buying isn't, necessarily any better than what you can find it just happens to be quote-unquote new so it's really was sourcing has always been I guess a fun challenge and a big puzzle and and it was part of the game from the get-go and the other part of this is there's something about the STR game that translates really well for the average person people think that real estate is for the wealthy and to sometimes, to a certain extent, it is. But real estate is one of the avenues that genuinely the average person can become wealthy. And the short-term rental game is one of the best ways to start doing that. So if you're the average, there's no, most people don't have 20K just sitting there that they can just dump in a property and they're taking and crossing their fingers that it works. 
So it really needed to be where the average person could figure out a way to get this done. When I say now the team's expanded, but it used to be like, I would wake up in the morning and I would start sourcing over coffee. And then I'd be doing everything. For those, I did, for those like, don't know, can you just explain what that means? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sourcing is uh, like finding, finding things. So like for me, Facebook Marketplace. Like I was literally scrolling Facebook Marketplace. Like if I didn't wear my Blu-ray glasses, like while I was on the screen, by the end of the day, my eyes were like bugged out. So, but I would do that. <laughs> for, and then I would go to bed doing that. But, and it it is super time consuming, but the results were great. So like there was a a project in San Antonio. It's one of my absolute favorite ones because it was such a perfect example of, we really one wanted to mimic the space. We wanted everything to be rich and have history. And it felt like it, because I mean, San Antonio is where the Alamo is. So like, you can't just have like a pretty staged house. It doesn't make sense. You're down where the Alamo is. Mm. So like you wanted something substantial. So we found these beautiful, like hand carved tables from Mexico, these chairs, we found old historic trunks, like all this stuff, the entire house. And it was a three bedroom plus the game room, entire house. All the furnishings, except for three rugs, were all Facebook Marketplace. And you would never know because you walk in and these things look, they're like the most beautiful pieces I think I've found for any property yet. But that's just because it was like all local people. So all the people with all the history, all the people with all the access, all the people that are right there, like they're the ones that are selling. And and yeah, we got it for a steal, like steal. So yes, it was... Sourcing and budgets were always a thing from the get-go. Yeah, this is really different than what, and for those that don't know, this is just really different than what you would hear from a typical designer or stager or furnisher that would probably just big box everything and not really think too much about making it as personal property or having kind of like a unique touch to the area. But what was interesting about you talking about it is that was the first thing you thought of. You you thought of that, like it had to encompass something about the area instead of just being like a basic Ikea, Amazon build out with just generic furniture. And I think for people that really want to stand out on Airbnb and for those that, you know, have seen my content and definitely Jenny's like, the key to having a, a very successful place on Airbnb is to have some flair, some touch, some local kind of play into what's going on that you can then show or tell a story in your pictures. You can definitely do well on Airbnb with just a clean, simple property, but the properties that perform the best have some extra X factor. They have some extra flair that catches people's attention when they are looking on the pictures or they're planning their one vacation for the year. And they're thinking, how can we make this fun and an experience? And it sounds like that's what you're doing. But one thing, Jenny, I'm curious about is, you know, you hear it all the time. I'm sure you get this question too of like rules of thumb for like how much a one bedroom should cost, a two bedroom, a three bedroom. It's tough. I don't really like the question, but I'm curious just to give people context for kind of the ballpark that you're working compared to some mm-hmm. of these other really expensive. Do you have any, yeah. maybe not rules of thumb, but averages based on what you've done of how much, you know, if someone was kind of cookie cutter and they had a, a pretty vanilla property and they were saying, you know, it's a, it's a four bedroom and we're just trying to budget 
for how much we're going to probably spend on furniture. We don't know if it's going to be 5,000 or 50,000, but yeah. what, what do yeah. you kind of, you know, maybe average or what would you tell that person? Oh, that is a hard question. Uh, Cause I will say a lot of it does, it is dependent on what I call extras. So if someone comes to me and they necessarily, they're trying to figure out what their budget is. Uh, my question is, okay, you may have a three bedroom, two bath house, but do you also have to factor in those spaces because you don't want completely empty free flowing spaces. You want everything to be filled at the same time. Um, but having said that, I definitely had people come to me and they're like, hey, like we're willing to spend 20K and I'm looking at them like, okay, I'm glad you're willing to, but like, there's no need to. Like we need to bring you down to like maybe for your space. Cause what they're doing is they're thinking they've got a, a good space. So if they dump more money into it, that's what's going to be better. Money doesn't make experiences. Choices make experiences, you know, specifically figuring out functionality, specifically figuring out design and then tapping into the local piece that makes an experience because you can go in like I, people know that you could go into a five-star hotel chain and if it just mimics the exact same thing that you find anywhere else like if they they don't customize anything then you're like oh like I mean I slept well it was a great bed that's awesome but like there's nothing particularly better you could go to a three-star local hotel place that doesn't have a chain but it's just run by someone that's local and it's in this really cool spot and then you walk away and you're like that was the coolest place I've ever been to people look for feelings people mm -hmm. it's like it's exactly like you said people look for experiences so your budget's going to be dictated on a couple of things one understanding the consumer mindset so understanding how Airbnb VRBO etc understanding how these work so basically like when you're scrolling on the app Think of your first impression of your property is it's a big magazine rack. Mm -hmm. People are going to go to what is the prettiest thing and the most attractive thing. So like they're going to go, that's what's going to catch their attention. And in a world of HDTV, in a world of real estate investment, in, a, in those kind of worlds, staged homes are very common. That is now normal. But making a pretty home doesn't necessarily translate to a good experience. And, and, and there's a huge difference and people are willing to pay a little bit more than what they thought they were going to pay for something that really, truly catches their eye because we are in a society where we're looking for experiences. You know, we're immersed in social media because we're wanting some type of feedback. We're immersed in social media because we're wanting some type of experience and some type of hit. We're, we're used to seeing all these transformative spaces, but more importantly, like now that COVID is starting to lift, now that travel is going back in, now that people have changed the way they work and they are working completely remotely now, the reason that they're moving around is because they want to experience something that they don't get back home. Mm. You can get a free house back home, but you may not get a complete immersion in near the Alamo back home. So budget is, I realized I didn't even answer your question as I just spit all that out. Um, I will say budget is very particular to the property, mm -hmm. but I can guarantee you it's probably lower than the investor thinks that it needs to be. And the other reason I find it hard to answer because I've had investors come to me and they're saying, like I turned a, a, a studio with a kitchenette on 1700 
all in. So like, it's not necessarily that it can't be done, but that's literally all they had. They're like, this is that this is it. This was this was my mat. I don't have any other, but I need I have this space. So it can be done. Now, if there was a little bit more budget, could we have added some extras? Of course. Of mm-hmm. course. I would have added a few more throw blankets. I would have made something a little bit more cozier. There's always extra that you can add. But at the very base core, like it's 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 significantly cheaper. Gotcha. That makes total sense. And it's interesting how you kind of just went at it from there are times when someone has a budget, there are times when someone doesn't have a budget and you're kind of just working within what they have, but yeah, just like different experiences. And I guess you can, it sounds like you can do it at a lot of different levels. Like I think what, again, the cookie cutter would be, okay, here's the house. And then someone comes back with a quote and here's the budget. But even, even when we talked and you were helping me with one of my places in North Carolina, like it was very different in the sense of, it was like, you know, how, how do you want to do this? Or do you want to go like low end, medium or high or what budget? And I think that helps because also it depends on the area. And I think maybe the owner in some cases will know maybe a little bit more context than the designer. And in some cases, maybe not. So it's just like good to have that conversation and not, you know, like just blanket statement design something and then it not fit the area. So that's really important. Um, one, one question that like was just Mm -hmm. on my mind and, you know, the show is kind of for beginners. Some of them will look into designers. Some of them will not. Um, if someone right now is, let's say just doing a build out themselves and they are hearing this and they're like, Whoa, like these are way lower prices. And it's kind of opening my mind to a world outside of spending a ton on an interior designer. I'm not good at doing this myself. I could use help, but I'm just, I'm not sure. Or I could, I could use some like tips, you know, what would be maybe like a a quick start guide if someone was going to try to do this themselves and they're just wondering, you know, like where to start, how to do it, how to organize like, you know, delivery and, you know, build outs, but also where to find the stuff and just like, get it done maybe you know in a lower budget than they were originally quoted yeah um couple things i would start with what always have a theme like always go into it with having a theme like you are going to spend more money when you don't when you're just willy-nilly buying and you're just trying to throw things together honestly you don't have to be that creative to come up with a theme most of the time the spot will come up with it for you. So it's just a matter of being like, hey, like, let me stop and think for a second. Like what is really, so for example, like we just finished one in Pensacola, Pensacola, Florida. Like it's the beach. So I would, you want it definitely different than the beach. You want it, uh, we wanted it to reflect actual Pensacola. We wanted it to be fun. We wanted it to be fancy free. We wanted it to be, you know, not any other beach that you would find like in Myrtle or in Rhode Island or in California. It had to be a Florida beach. So what did we do? We went local shopping. We found these great artists that had like these watercolor prints specifically from Pensacola. And it turns out like there's like these graffiti walls and stuff that are local to the, but like we found that just by hitting up these local areas. And then all of a sudden the vision starts to come together. You're like, all right, these are the kind of things like, this is a funky place. This is a very fun beach place. So like local, always go local, always have a design, always have a thing. Um, and then two function, 
So like, I would say half the time we're going into a place and we do what's called a quote unquote refresh. And it's places that are already functioning Airbnbs, but they're, they're just, they need to be modernized. They need to be functional, et cetera. And I would say about 90% of the time on those places, we're literally probably taking half the furniture out. Mm. Like people, it's just, you have to think about your consumer. So like you probably don't, all this, you probably don't need to buy as much furniture as you think you do. Because living in a house is different than visiting a space. So if you think about like the way a hotel is set up, like hotels have very minimal furniture. There's, if you think about furniture use, it's less as well. So always have a design, probably don't need to buy as much furniture. Think about functionality. Love it. And then see like right there again, that's just different than I would have been thinking about it of like what you hear on the internet. And then let's say, let's say from there, they come up with a theme and they're like, okay, I'm ready to start sourcing furniture. I'm ready to start doing the decorating, the designing. Um, I am on a budget, you know, and I'm not sure if I should go to Bob's, Amazon, Ikea, Facebook, like, where do I start? There's just so many places you can get furniture. I'm just not, I'm not sure where to go and like how to go about that process. Yeah. So once you have your theme, it helps. So like, honestly, cause you could spend all this time scrolling Facebook marketplace and then you're looking and you're like, oh, like, that's pretty. That's cool. This is this. I don't know if I should buy that. Is that too cheap? Is that too expensive? You're going to windle out half of what you see on Facebook marketplace by the fact that it doesn't fit your theme. Mm. So like that right there is going to automatically dictate some of the things that you purchase. And then the things that you can find on Facebook marketplace based on your theme all your extras that you couldn't find, that's when you start sourcing new. That's when you start going to the Amazon. That's when you start going to your home goods. That's when you start going to your Target and your TJ Maxx and you find the sales and the things that are slightly newer, you can build into what you didn't source used. Gotcha. So it's interesting. You're starting with Facebook Marketplace, then going to the other places. I think most people are doing it the other way and that's why they're spending so much more. Um, yes. I almost feel like we, I would love to deep dive like a Facebook marketplace, like, like, yeah, kind of like starter kit, best practices. So is there anything, so, so I've done a decent amount of buying and selling on Facebook marketplace, but not nearly as much as you, is there anything that you specifically look out for or anything that, you know, needs to meet like a, a criteria, Jenny criteria that like, okay, this looks okay. This isn't weird. This person seems normal. Or is it just like piece by piece, but are there any best practices or like tips you think about specifically for someone that's buying on Facebook marketplace? Yeah. I always try to, it doesn't always work. And I, and I will, I'll say this, like we can talk about Facebook marketplace all day, but there are sometimes there are some places that are better for it than others. Like there really are hit or miss places. Like I, there's been times sometimes where like I've had to extend projects a couple of days because like the marketplace wasn't as good as I expected it to be. Mm. So, um, so saying that if you're an investor and you're trying to do Facebook marketplace for the first time, don't get frustrated if you're not having any luck because it may not necessarily be you. It may actually be the market or the fact that it's a holiday and nobody's responding because they're gone. So like keep at it a little bit to see, but don't automatically think that it's just you messing messing something up because it, it could not be. Um, 
But having said that, we try from the get, I try from the get-go because I'm looking from a savings standpoint. If I can source the larger items in the house, not brand new, then that just means that there's more room in the budget for extra stuff. So like if I can source couches, if I can source beds, if I can source TVs local and save big chunks of change on those things, then that means I get to put extra things like baskets or our holders or our, our comfy towels or extra pillows, things that really do make a difference visually um, in the grand scheme of things that tend to be um, splurges because I'm not gonna buy accent pillows used. I will buy those new because that's just a sanitary issue. So um, like start out from the big things. People think marketplace thrift used, yes, but it's not necessarily bad stuff. And then there are local sellers who actually use Facebook Marketplace as their tool because that's how they market. So they'll just list lots of things on Facebook Marketplace and they're like, hey, come in. We've actually got a store. Yeah, that's really, really true. I, I feel like, again, most people are doing it the other way of like they're trying Facebook. They're sending out a bunch of messages. They don't get any quick responses. And then they're like, this doesn't work. But what yeah. you're saying is like throw a wider net, follow up with people. Mm -hmm depending on your area, you may have better luck or not, but still follow up with people um, and then take it from there. And, and, you know, a good little tip about like some detail of which items, you know, you buy new and don't. Um, is there anything that like you would, you would tell people as far as like um, making sure that the stuff looks like it does in the pictures or that it's in the same condition as it is in the pictures? Like, have you ever gotten, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of different experiences with it, but like, are there any times where you see something on Facebook you actually, if we could dig into this, like what's your typical process of then like once like analyzing if it's as good as the pictures are, but then also getting it to you, like what, what does that process typically look like for yeah. you? Yeah. So for us, we are really heavy on the logistics. So like when we're on site, our setup is literally four days, but part of that is because we planned out the logistics ahead of time. Mm. So like Erica is my logistics gal. Um, we actually are bringing, have brought on somebody that was only Facebook marketplace. So the way we function is like, we try to, again, make this effective and, and very efficient. So like we are communicating, we're, we're sourcing, looking, communicating with the people on Facebook marketplace in our, in our ideal timeline for about two to three weeks before we're on site. That's what we try to do. That's our deal. It doesn't always work that way because investors sometimes come to us and they're like, oh, we literally just closed <laughs> or like, um, or, or we're not closing for, you know, who knows how long. So we'll adapt, but in an ideal situation, we're at usually two to three weeks of where we're sourcing and where what we do is we will then rent a U-Haul. And we will spend two days literally going to pick up everything we sourced. Mm. And like, and that's the whole goal. That's the whole purpose is that like, that's all we do those two days is that we are picking things up. We're confirming what we saw and what we didn't saw. We've already talked to and arranged pickup time running around doing it. So um, I will say that, that that's actually very mimicable by your average investor if they want to put in that time is to, you know, if you communicate with a person, usually on Facebook Marketplace, what we'll do is we'll say, hey, we're gonna spend a day picking up stuff. We're very interested in what you have. 
we'd like to see. Um, if there's not a lot of pictures, ask for more pictures. Um, I usually, if they're kind of iffy and they really need to sell, we'll put a little money down to hold it, mm -hmm. but we won't pay for the full thing until we actually have eyes on it. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And I actually, you've never really heard of someone doing that. So that's, you know, what's funny. It's like, cause you're, cause are you usually coming in from out of area or out of state to do these build outs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense. And I actually think that's almost like leading to a good way of like sourcing that because what, what I typically see is people are in the area. They spend like four days at furniture stores. They're going all around and it's just, then they maybe can buy it. And especially right now with like supply chain issues, furniture is taking forever to get there. So maybe forever. forever. Yeah. So maybe they are finding something in the store. Maybe they're not, but either way, it's going to take a long time to get there. But what you're doing is one, like for most people that complain about Facebook marketplace, their big complaint is, well, then I have to hire a shipping company or a moving company. Well, if you have a truck and this is where you're sourcing most of your stuff, you could probably just knock it out. And you don't have to worry about them getting it to you, you hiring a service, you just have the truck and you can just go see all the stuff that you had talked about with people for the last couple of weeks. And then you can just mm -hmm. knock it out in two days. Like I, yep. that's something that I think anyone can apply listening to this. That's just a great tip because most people, what they do, they complain that they don't want to pay to hire a moving company, which would be way more than just two days of a U-Haul. So sort of valid, yeah. but then that just prevents them from doing anything. And then they spend more money in a big box store or just buying generic and it ends up costing them more anyway. So it's like kind of funny how it works out, but I really like that strategy of just getting U-Haul and knocking it out in a day or two and just seeing all the stuff in person, loading it yourself and then bring it back, maybe getting help. And then, you know, you're, you're much faster, more efficient. Yeah. And it's all, uh, for us, it's all about efficiency. Mm -hmm. um, so winding down, Jenny, um, what are the ways that you typically work with people? You know, like when, when you helped me out, which I'm still so grateful for, you know, I, I don't think that was like your conventional it was like week of day. I was probably, no, I, I was one of the annoying worst people. Let's just put it in the bucket that it is. You're like, you're like people, you know, that don't give me any notice. I was like, yeah, like I'm, I'm leaving North Carolina in three days. So like, just let me know like what to do in the next like 10 minutes. So like three weeks out the window, but anyway, how do you typically work with people? And I ask that because a lot of people listening to the show are probably wondering how can I work with Jenny? Like I, I, I like the idea of saving money. I like the idea of amazing design. We'll post in the show notes, like some of the pictures and stuff from Facebook, but like um, what services do you offer and what's the best way for people to either get in touch or to like understand what those different options or offerings are? Yeah, for sure. So find me on Facebook, Instagram. That's our big, the, our website is about to be released soon. Haven't had to have a website up until now, honestly, it's all been like social media because that's where most people are interacting. So yeah. um, we do have a Facebook, you can search Life and Flip, L-I-F-E-I-N, Flip. Um, then I've got my personal Facebook and then we've got uh, Instagram and all the team members, we all have our own Instagram and it's the business Instagram too. So, you know, cool. search life and flip as well at life and flip. Um, and then we offer a few different services. When we our, our first one is what we call all the way down salt and pepper. So essentially it is like literally turnkey. Like we are taking care of literally everything all the way down to salt and pepper. So mm -hmm. like you're, not, you're basically like we're getting keys and that's it. Um, the other part is what we call a quote unquote refresh. So it's like if you have an Airbnb that's already working, but it just 
you bought it and it probably has just been continuing to work, but you probably can pull a higher nightly rate. That's mm-hmm. what we call refreshes. And basically it's like a makeover. Other part is we do the project management and design for the renovations piece. So if you have a property that needs work, but you know, it would make a good STR, we can come in and help the renovation piece too. Um, and then multifamily properties that, or hotels, but usually it's multifamily that you want to convert some of them to functional STRs to, to bring in because STR income is going to be different than your long-term income. Uh, we help with that as well. Gotcha. So pretty much everything. And it's just a matter <laughs> of getting in touch, but anything that's like, you know, design related um, and just need needing help with getting their stuff off the ground. So you, you mentioned all your socials, Jenny, um, Thank you so much for coming on. I guess just before we hop, any any last parting words? If if you're gonna maybe give one um, tip or you know direct line of advice to someone that's about to start this journey. Yeah, one congratulations. It's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's it's totally worth it. Like anything starting real estate is a little bit scary, but I think sometimes purchasing houses or thinking of long term it feels a little bit safer. It feels a little bit less risky, I think, to the average investor. But honestly, the STR fees, when you start talking about short-term rentals, like your return on your investment is going to be more immediate when it comes to your nightly rate. Like you really are going to, and most places you can have a bad STR and still get a return. So like, I guess I say that in order to say like, you can't really mess this up. Like mm-hmm. unless you're a, a, just a terrible host and you get like, like you're literally don't care and you don't stock any of your places and you just have a couch. Like as long as you're not doing that, you're probably going to be just fine. But yeah. if you want that little extra bit and think of it in terms of how much more can you pull in nightly, then hire someone. It's a good investment. Jenny, thank you so much again for coming on. I'm excited to uh, to cross paths. Where, where are you headed next? I know you said you're in Austin now. Where are you going to be the next couple months? I am. So we've got a Boise project right after the new year. And then from there, hopping over to California. And then our Chattanooga flip, finishing up the restaurant, and then rest, West Virginia. So damn, yeah. that's wild. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a wild ride. It's going to be like, we're going to get the sun and the snow in a month. So we're packing. You need, packing, so you need a vlog. Honestly, you need your own bigger pocket special. You need your, or, or like, uh, like just, just TV of like someone, a crew just following you. Cause there's like flippers, which is interesting, but like you're, you're running around the country doing build outs and they're different every time. And your time frames are crazy. So it's really cool. But anyway, that's a good reminder for people to check Jenny out on her social media, Instagram, Facebook. We'll post that in the link below. Give Jenny a shout out. Um, say what up to her user. If you have any questions with any of your rentals or Airbnbs, she's awesome. And like I said, she helped me with mine tremendously when I was in a pinch. So that's pretty much it guys. Go check her out. If you have any questions, drop a comment when the show releases, please share, leave any reviews and look forward to seeing you in the next one. Jenny, thank you again. All right. Bye. See you later. Hey, you millennial millionaire. Are you looking for help getting to the next level in real estate? Are you looking for accountability and strategy to achieve your goals? If so, Jonathan is now taking on one-on-one students and opening a few spots in his private mastermind. It's affordable and welcome to everyone. 
If you had any questions or think you may need a boost, send Jonathan a message on Facebook or email at johnjfarber at outlook.com. 